Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters and we have a great show for you today. We are here with John Cohn, who is a um, energy med- um, an energy practitioner um, who specializes in the uh, the Donna Eden energy work. Um, so well, welcome, John. Thank you, Caroline. Very nice to be here. I appreciate being here. I'm so glad to see you. Um, John and I, for listeners out there, John and I have um, have met uh, through, you know, kind of networking events and, and uh, events in the Valley. And um, I'm, I'm very happy to be able to connect with you over this, this different, very different pandemic time together. So, so, um, so John, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. So I, uh, I practice what I call uh, integrative energy therapy. So I integrate, well, I guess I would say I integrate everything I've ever studied along the way, but specifically what I'm doing now is integrating Eden Energy Medicine, comprehensive energy psychology, and psychosynthesis. So those are the three kind of main uh, umbrellas that I'm kind of working under in my work as an integrative energy therapist. And so... What is, what is psychosynthesis? What, what is that word? So psychosynthesis is a psycho-spiritual psychology. Uh, it was developed, you know, back by Roberto Asagioli, who was a contemporary of Carl Jung's. But he was very forward-thinking. And um, there's a lot about not just but being the, the worried well, but actually, and not just surviving with whatever trauma or neurosis you have, but actually thriving. And so that's what kind of attracted it to me from the very beginning um, was to, to, to learn it. And I studied that 25 years ago, um, learning how to uh, be the best person I can possibly be and helping clients be the best person that they can possibly be. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to be able to do the self work and able to help and heal other people with their with their traumas. And what what is it about? What? How do you find the difference between really just dealing with the trauma and really um, integrating it and being allowed to thrive? Like, what is that? How does that look different in different people's lives? The the thriving versus the just managing? Well, I think it's a great question. And to me, um, just managing is, you know, you, you, you get a headache, you take an aspirin for it, or you, you have something wrong and you just manage with it. You kind of limp along with life with whatever you've kind of collected on the way. To me, thriving is a, kind of a constant expanding, an evolution of oneself, if one, you know, if you will. So, Um, It can mean, of course, it's very unique. And Donna Eden often says this, that our energies are unique as our thumbprints. And I think people's journeys are also as unique as their thumbprints. So there's no one model of what thriving looks like. That really is person dependent, you know, depending on, I often look for the questions that always interest me when I'm working with someone is, what makes you feel alive? What makes you feel connected into life? What makes you feel joy or some sense of purpose? Those are the big questions that always interest me and have for years in my work. Can I throw that question to you? What what makes you thrive and what makes you feel connected and what brings you joy? Oh, that's a great question to me. Thank you. Uh, and, and I would say that that has shifted over time. But I will say, um, well... Dancing back when that was um, possible is one of those things. Um, Contra dancing, I actually have been doing in the Valley, well, 
for 30 years, I guess. Oh, no kidding. There's, uh, a, there's a great contra dancing uh, community out here, right? Oh, terrific. Greenfield and Amherst, and it's, it's a terrific community. Um, it, sometimes it's referred to as the Mecca for contra dancing, or at least it used to be. Oh, neat. <laughs> um, but I also love gardening. And what I, what I actually really love is growing. I like, I, I know it's, sometimes it's painful, but I actually like shedding layers of myself that I thought were the most of who I could be to find out, oh, there's actually more I can be. So that's one of the things that spurs my, my work and my studies forward, but also something that really interests me personally. That's really beautiful. I, I just, I love that so much. Um, so, and how, how do you, how did you feel like, was there, did you notice that there is a shift in your, in your personal evolution? Um, I mean, or I guess what kinds of shifts did you notice in your personal evolution? How did you know that you were evolving and growing? Well, the, the, the quick answer at this moment is I am way happier now than I was 25 years ago, 10 years ago. And um, it's incremental. I have to say for me, uh, while of course there are those aha moments where you really kind of break through something big, it's just a, a step toward feeling more grounded, more centered, more connected in the world, more interested in people, less interested in things that bring me down, less interested in getting caught in patterns that no longer serve me. To me, that shows me that I'm, I'm growing and evolving. Now, I, I know in your bio you had, in, in just a moment ago, you're talking about how much you love dancing and that you actually studied dance therapy. Um, you've also studied uh, massage therapy, craniosacral, uh, sensory motor psychotherapy. Sorry, that's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> sensory motor psychotherapy um, and other body-based modalities. For you, over the course of 20, 25 years of studying these, what was, what was the lure of these ongoing trainings for you? Well, let me see. When I moved here, uh, well, I have to say 40 years ago, so before I actually became a practitioner, I was always interested in my own health and healing. So I was dowsing back, you know, I was about 40 years ago was when I started dowsing using a pendulum and I was studying um, flower essences for my own, you know, well-being. So, so these modalities I think have always interested me. And what I've noticed about myself over the years is that I have tacked back until I found energy medicine and energy psychology, I kind of tacked back and forth between physical modalities, craniosacral therapy, massage therapy, and psychotherapy, psychosynthesis, you know, traditional, you know, um, therapy work. I've, I've gone back and forth between the mind and the body, the mind and the body and the mind and the body. And I feel like I'm just uh, following this thread that feels really interesting to me about where they intersect. And now I've kind of added energy into the mix. And so I just, I feel like I'm led. I just follow this thing that's interesting to me and I'm led to something rather than me kind of having to choose something. It, I feel like it chooses me. Now, your your last career was as a as a psychotherapist. Um, what what pulled you full on into the path of doing energy medicine? 
So I'm still a psychotherapist, um, you know, and of course I utilize those skills with my clients all the time. What I would say pulled me a little more into energy work is I don't, I don't feel like psychotherapy in and of itself is enough for what I want to be doing and for what many of my clients needed. Um, so I think the body, and there's a lot of body-based therapists around, I know, and that's terrific because I think the body is an important piece. But I also think the energy field, the, our, our energy field, we are energy, all of us are energy, um, is a great way to interface both uh, around psychological issues and on physical issues. So, um, yeah. So what, So when you say that there was sort of a, a little bit of, you know, kind of that, that lack um, in the psychotherapy, what, what was it that, where did you find that that limitation, where was that limitation in, in that field for you? So for years, I worked uh, at, a, at a college in the counseling center, and I was working with students who um, needed a, various levels of support. And in energy work, I often, um, I'm not sure if, if you know, you're familiar with it, but I'm, well, I'm actually sure you are, with muscle testing. Uh, we call it energy testing in, in the work that I do, but muscle testing or applied kinesiology. So touching people. And in the work I was doing at the college and, you know, as a psychotherapist working under a, a license, um, you're really not supposed to touch your clients. It's, it's, you know, an ethical guideline that you don't, you don't touch your clients. And so like I really no hugging or anything. Uh, what? I'm sorry. No hugging or anything like that. You know, I, different therapists would probably answer this in different ways, but yes, that's correct. Wow. That, uh, some, some therapists I know will, and other therapists will not allow any touch of any sort because it can lead to countertransference and, you know, all kinds of issues. But I was thinking that touch was a really important piece. Again, I've tacked back and forth between touch and no, you know, touch and psychotherapy. So I think it's a really important ingredient. Absolutely. And my guest last week, uh, Stacey Every, who is a massage therapist, she talks about how, um, you know, our, our skin, just the basic touch from skin to skin uh, is connected to your nervous system. So even even having that connection to calming your nervous system is is so, so important. So important. So, so important. Yeah. And I could, you know, as a working just as a, as a psychotherapist, I could encourage people to, you know, hold and touch and soothe, soothe themselves. But it's, it's also different when you're receiving from someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what was it about, how did, how did you make the jump? How did you know that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to leave full on psychotherapy practice and put that aside and not put it aside because you mentioned that you still integrate it and use it, uh, apply it with your clients now. But how did you decide to make that leap into really bringing uh, Donna Eden medicine, um, energy medicine into your, um, into your full scope? Again, I don't know that I made the decision. I, I, I think I just got to a point where I knew I needed something more than I was able to do at the time. So I feel like it, the decision was made for me. I, I have a, I'm actually, I like this about myself that I just kind of know when it's time to say goodbye to something or at least time to not have it on the front burner. Um, and so I, I just kind of knew it was time to move. 
That's great. So can you can you tell us a little bit about um, what a session um, a session with you looks like? What um, can you kind of walk us through what the what the basics would be? Well, obviously, no two sessions are at all alike. But the the you know, in a nutshell, first of all, of course, I want to know what's going on for the person, what what their goal is, why they're coming in to see me. So that that's kind of a given that I. I start there. What do you, what do you want? What are you experiencing? What brings you in the door? And what are you hoping to get from me? Are kind of you know the, the basic questions. Um, after that, well, I'll say that generally, what I then would do once we've kind of established a goal and they know my work and I have a sense of where they're going or where they want to go, is I'll assess their their energies. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, I um, use muscle testing or energy testing and assess the meridian. I can, I don't always in every session, but I can assess the meridians, the, the chakras, the radiant circuits, uh, which is, um, they're not, they're in, in Chinese medicine, they're kind of called the uh, extraordinary vessels, but they're, they're the energy field that kind of brings us joy and, um, kind of connection and, and, and happiness. So I can assess that or assess several. There's Donna Eden talks about nine energy systems. So I can assess them and then find out what's out of balance and what really wants to be balanced or, you know, and you here partly I'm using intuition and partly I'm following what they want uh, toward a goal of, you know, moving them again to the place of, getting balanced so that they can then thrive, move beyond pattern. And one of the things I like, love actually about energy medicine is that the idea is that energy is habitual and that for the, for the better and for worse, but energy patterns that don't serve us can be changed. And that's what I really love. So just because we have had a pattern maybe for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It doesn't mean that we have to still hold on to that pattern, that it can be transformed. And I, I really love that about this work. And these patterns could be mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. Energetic, yes, absolutely, yes. And I would say that all of those you mentioned, you know, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, all have an energetic component, you know, they that – Matter of fact, I'm not sure if this makes sense, but the people who see energy, so Donna Eden and lots of other people see energy, so they know immediately when an intervention, you know, hits the mark, when it when it works. But the people who see energy, they, and I do not, I'm not someone who sees energy in that way, but they see imbalance in the energy field, in the outer layers of the aura, the biofield, uh, way before it reaches the physical body. So they'll see it in the outer layers, kind of moving in, moving in, moving in, moving in, until it eventually, if, if not addressed, reaches the physical body. So the idea behind this work partly is then to work at the energetic level, clearing, balancing, I don't know if I like the word clearing, but balancing energy so that you begin to transform the energetic patterns that support your physical body. How come you don't like the word clearing? What's what is is there something nuanced about that word that kind of doesn't uh, doesn't apply to to your work and how you how you move energy? I, I I think it implies that I'm the clearer maybe, and I don't like that. I 
I like to facilitate work. Um, and, you know, I, I obviously set an intention that I'm a clear channel for healing energy when I work. Um, but I guess I, I don't see myself as a clearer. So when I say clearing energy, I don't want it to come across as this, I'm the one clearing the energy. People, people have the ability to heal themselves. And we often need help along the way. And that's what I hope to do um, in my work. But I feel like people are remarkably resilient and have the energies want to support us. The energies want to move. They want to support our wholeness and our, and our deep, deep um, connection with the universe, I believe. Yeah. I, I feel I feel very similar in, in the word usage of uh, when referring to myself as a healer. I don't like to call myself a healer for that same reason because it's it's not me. I'm, I'm there to facilitate it in the same way that you're that you're doing your work. It's like I'm just here walking alongside pointing some things out and you know clearing out the brush a little bit but I, I don't um, yeah I, I 100% appreciate that sentiment because it it really is about empowering the person to uh, to be able to take agency for them for themselves absolutely i agree with everything you said i don't use the don't personally i don't like the word healer and i want people to take agency uh one of the things i like about this work a lot is um you know it's it's i love getting energy work and from a practitioner and and so i love giving energy work but in this work there's also a lot of i'm going to use the word homework or support work or uh, exercises given to clients that they can do between sessions to support the work done in sessions to move their healing even further. And I like it because it exactly for what you say, it gives the client agency. They can, they have a sense of, Oh my goodness, I can actually affect my own well-being by doing some very simple exercises. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do to maintain your own um, energy field and, and, centeredness um what what types of daily routines do you enjoy practicing uh so i do a routine that um it actually is called i do a variation of this but there's something and there's a free um link on my website or i could give you people uh the address of how to look it up very easily called the daily energy routine and Donna Eden developed this years ago. She had worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And she noticed kind of a, um, a pattern that the majority of people had different things out there. Their energies weren't crossing over as they should be. And their energies were congested in certain areas. So she developed a routine that kind of balances the uh, many of the different energy systems, actually. And it takes... Oh, you know, five or six minutes. My my version takes an hour. I take my time. I trace my meridians every day. I trace my radiant circuits. I um, I do the the daily energy routine, but I do a much expanded version. I open up the energy in my hands and my feet and my head. Um, I try to stretch with the body. You know, energy wants to move, so stretching is often a good thing to get energy moving. But uh, yeah, I, I take an hour or more a day doing this, and it's a um, it's a terrific terrific exercise. Since I've been doing this this daily energy routine, um, and and 
probably like you, Caroline, I try to, you know, eat well and I try to exercise and I try to make choices that support my health. So I can't attribute it all to the daily energy routine. But what I will say is since I've been doing the daily energy routine, probably for oh gee, six or seven years now, um, I feel much more grounded. My allergies have all but disappeared. Um, I'm, I'm much more centered. I'm much less thrown by things that used to really throw me into kind of a, a tailspin. So it's work I really, really strongly encourage people to do. Sometimes I teach classes on how to do the daily energy routine. It's very simple. Once you have it, it's, it's very easy to do. Can you verbally uh, discuss some of the one one or two of the exercises uh, so listeners at home or who are maybe, maybe if you're not actively driving in your car, but, um, <laughs> but maybe you can, um, uh, can you, can you describe one or two exercises that people can do easily? Sure. Um, one thing I would just want to say is these are deceptively simple. They seem like, well, this couldn't possibly do anything. So they're really powerful, but they seem really, really easy. So, But I will describe them. But just when you hear it, you're going to think, well, that seems pretty basic. So one is to tap under your eyes, under the cheekbones, under your eyes. Uh, that is stomach. You're tapping on basically on stomach meridian. And stomach meridian is runs basically from the eyes down out the second toe. And so you're, you're getting energy moving down your body and out into the earth. And there's Donna, the, the, the uh, daily energy routine basically starts with the four thumps. So then you thump the K27, which is the 27th point on the kidney meridian, which is basically under your collarbone, um, just about an inch out from the sternum on either side. It's bilateral, two points. Um, tapping the K27 point, basically starts bringing energy up from the earth um, and gets our meridians moving forward, gets them moving in the right direction. Then there's a thymus thump, which is right in the middle of the chest. That helps kind of build the immune system. And then there's a spleen thump. Um, and I, spleen is basically kind of under the armpits, like, um, you know, I don't know four, four or five inches under the armpits. Those are the four thumps. That's kind of how it often begins. And then there's just endless, endless, endless variations. And so those four thumps, so it's it's under the under the eyes, um, like kind of on the top of the cheekbones there. I guess that's not really the cheekbone, but under the eyes, there's the the kidney K twenty seven. K twenty seven. There's the thymus right in the middle of the chest. Thymus. And then there's and sort of that awkward uh, armpit. You almost look like you're a monkey when you're doing it. Um, you know, kind of your, your arms uh, tapping, tapping the thigh, the side of your uh, chest. And um, I can see John via Zoom, and he's almost taking his his uh, hands, kind of uh, forefingers, all connected to the thumbs, and he's like a little pecker. Not uh, that's not the right word, like a like a rooster, and then kind of uh, just tapping underneath uh, with the sides of the hands on, along the ribs. Um, so, and again, yeah. you know, on my website, there is a link to the daily energy routine. Matter of fact, I have three different versions of it there. Um, so you can, you know, if you want to sign on to my website and go under the links and videos, you'll see the daily energy routine and you can follow right along. That's awesome. And so, so what inspired you to kind of do the, the, 
this sort of shortened exercise into a much longer uh, hour long daily routine for you? Well, I, I started doing the short version for probably a year or two. So I, it, it's just taken over time. I think it is the more I've studied, the more I've realized that um, my day goes better. And in fact, my life goes better if I support my energies. And um, I like it. It's a great way for me to start my day. That's usually I start in the morning, but sometimes I'll do the daily energy routine twice. I'll do it sometimes in the evening, or if I've had a very uh, stressful interaction, I'll do a piece of it that you know I know is going to kind of again bring my energies down, kind of to be more grounded. Do you feel energy moving inside of your own body? Absolutely, and I didn't when I started, by the way, but I definitely do now. Yes. Do you feel the energy moving inside when you're working with clients? Do you feel the energy moving inside of their systems? Um, I sense the energy's moving. I can't honestly say I feel it. Uh, sometimes I do, but I often feel a shift. So I know energy has shifted, but I, I, I wouldn't actually be able to tell you, oh, I feel it moving from here to here. Absolutely. So I, I know that you kind of mentioned that you follow um, the the Donna Eden has uh, energy medicine has a has a protocol for kind of checking these uh, these different systems within the body to make sure things are balanced. Now, you talked about also how you in kind of running through this protocol, you also trust your intuition and where you're guiding. How, how does your intuition work for you? Is it a sense of general knowing? Is it that you are clairaudient, that you kind of hear information coming to you? How, how, does, um, how, do, how, do you, how does your intuition work? I would say I'm probably lean more towards the clairsentient. I just kind of feel um, something that I... I like know something has shifted or I occasionally I'll just get a word and I know, um, Oh, I need to, I need to say that, or I need to, to go there. But normally it's, it's just a feeling that, um, Oh, I want to move to this area of the body. I want to, I don't even know where it comes from. It just kind of appears. I like that. Yeah, everybody's everybody's intuition works differently, and I'm always always trying to um, help people understand that their experiences are valid within those subtle those subtle influences and those subtle movements. So I um I, I always like to ask that people, but th- that question to people, but it's it's not always an easy answer, you know. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so there, there's a lot of kind of things within the Barbara Eden energy medicine, uh, or sorry, Donna Eden energy medicine. Um, and some of the techniques, I, I love the description, the black pearl sanctuary treatment and the Brazilian toe techniques. Um, there, I mean, the, the, just such creative titles to them. Um, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of your, your favorite, uh, techniques within the modalities that you, that you enjoy the most, or maybe your current favorite ones that you enjoy doing? Um, well, I will say that I love getting the Black Pearl Sanctuary done. Um, it is um, deeply, deeply relaxing. Almost every client that I do it on um, feels like, especially if they come in and they're, you know, really in an anxious place or they're really overwhelmed or overwrought, it absolutely brings them back into their body into a sense of being able to connect so that's probably one of my very favorite treatments and it's 
it's very, very simple. It's, um, it's basically working with the neurovascular points on the head. So the, those points that kind of interface between the, um, the, the nervous system, the circulatory system and the meridians. So you hold a series of points for, you know, two to three minutes and it balances just all of the different meridians and the nervous system. Uh, it's, it's a very deeply relaxing, um, treatment that I just love. What types of, what are the, the reasons that people often come to you for, for assistance? So one of the things I want to say is that, um, and I think this is really important, is that energy medicine talks about not treating physical symptoms, but treating energetic imbalances. So I just want to be really clear that whenever anyone comes in, even if they come in with physical complaints, which of course many people do, that my focus, as I say to them, is to correct energy imbalances. And now when you do that, you can often correct physical imbalances. So just to throw that out there as a, as a context. Um, but it can literally be anything. So I've had people come in post-surgery. So surgery, even a, a, a pretty standard surgery, you know, a fairly um, easy surgery is pretty traumatic to the body. So post-surgery, the black pearl is a terrific treatment, but there's lots of ways to bring people back into their body and to kind of um, knit, knit the energy back to the body. Um, I've had people come in with cancer diagnoses. There's lots of cancer protocols in energy medicine. Um, people with heart disease, lots of uh, protocols for people with heart issues. People with autoimmune illnesses come in. Um, people who are highly, highly sensitive and they're kind of taking in too much from the environment. There's a lot of work people can do to build their aura, their biofield, to create a strong energetic boundary so that they don't take on as much. Um, there's really no, there's really no reason to, you know, Donna Eden will often say, try energy first. It's, it's non-invasive. It's, there's no side effects. So, um, kind of anything goes. Now, with people who are dealing with a cancer diagnosis, would the work with the um, with energy medicine be in tandem with a traditional chemotherapy, surgery, radiation? Do people turn to energy medicine first to work on the issue? Um, how 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 does that tend to fold in with people who have that diagnosis? Yeah, I, it's, it's clearly individual. Most people, I would say, are using traditional medicine as well, which I, you know, fully support whatever choice people want to make. Um, as a matter of fact, you mentioned earlier the Brazilian toe technique. That is actually being used in hospitals, in many hospitals, um, for people with chemotherapy. It can help with edema and can help, you know, um, the side effects from chemotherapy. So... Um, yes, absolutely. A lot of people who come in are doing traditional treatment. Well, and having said that, some people have given up on traditional treatment. And it's just energy medicine can support the idea of cancer itself, but also the feelings around cancer, you know, the fear and the what, whatever 
there's a whole host, obviously a whole constellation of feelings that come up around a diagnosis of cancer. So it can help with the feelings around it, but also with the cancer itself. Lots and lots of stories of people who um, have had miraculous results using energy medicine. Now, I'm also curious about, you know, the other kind of, you know, big thing that is really so prevalent in our society, which is the depression, as well as the anxiety. Can you talk a little bit about how the um, how energy medicine can uh, impact well, what's going on with depression and also how energy medicine can help correct that? Sure. Um, depression often is seen. So our, our energies want to cross over the body. They don't want to run homolaterally. They want to be crossing in the body. That's the natural. That's what energies kind of want to do naturally. And again, this is often from, I hear this from people who see energy, is people who are depressed, their energies tend to run chronically homolaterally. In other words, they are not crossing over in the body. So that would be one of the things. And, and by the way, in the daily energy routine that I do, there's a, a series of movements that you do to cross energy. That's one of the, one of the things you do kind of every day. And I would say when people come in, to my office, um, or, or if I'm even seeing them remotely, one of the things I would do pretty quickly with almost everyone, almost every time they come in is to see if their energies are crossing over. And if they aren't, then I want to, you know, teach them pretty easy to do exercises so that their energies start crossing over. And with coronavirus, with everything that's going on with civil unrest, with, the world kind of being the state it's in, a lot of us are chronically homolateral. Um, so this, it's really, it's super, super important, but it does show up for people with depression. Um, and also, then I go back to my, my psychosynthesis training and my work as a psychotherapist. When someone is depressed, I want to know what sparks you? What, even if, even in your darkest moment, what are those little things that give you joy? And I want people to move towards that, if at all possible, or at least I want them to know that what would it be like if you move towards something that sparks you a little bit? I always think that's a really important thing. What gives you, what gives you purpose in life? What is it that matters to you? And I want people to move always more towards that. I love that blend of having the, the therapist in you and then also the the uh, the energy therapist in you that says, okay, like let's let's look at this from multiple different angles and let's correct right. the energies and then also allowing you to reframe uh, how you are what you're gravitating towards. Yeah, I have a luscious little toolbox that I really do love. Yeah. Um, so so can you tell people uh, first of all how how can people find you? Uh, so my website is johncone.com. That's J-O-H-N-C-O-A-N. And um, you can read about the modalities there. Again, there's the links to the daily energy routine, which I would love to encourage people to give a try. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy to get me and my contact information is on the website. And you know we're we're kind of we're we're coming to the towards the top of the hour. We've got another thirteen minutes. Do you have any kind of you know larger words of wisdom that that people that you feel like people really need to know about energy energy medicine, about psychosynthesis, um, energy psychology, just the kind of uh, integration integrative work that you do? I guess 
if there was one take home that I wanted people to have, it would be that you have so much potential to change who you are and move towards who you want to be. And I, I don't say that lightly, like it's an easy, you know, you make you snap and, and, you know, life is grand. It's a journey, but I, you have, we all have so much power in us to shift our energies towards a purposeful movement that serves our particular journey. And I realize we're all on a, on a very different one. Do you, do you have, I mean, I guess when, when you first started getting into this work, do you remember any of your, your earlier sessions, any of your earliest experiences receiving um, energy medicine treatments? What, what, I mostly, what I mostly remember is, and I, and I didn't know this then, but I know it now, is how ungrounded I was. Um, one, of the, one of the key things in energy medicine is to make sure people are grounded because we can't feel safe and we can't really change a lot if if we're not grounded, if we're chronically ungrounded, and I was just chronically ungrounded. So what I see now is that I was, uh, people were working on towards moving me to be getting grounded, and uh, I was not. So it's, it's um, that's, that's probably what I noticed the most, is I am, again, much more grounded than I was. And, and that's essential for healing to happen, I, I believe. And so what types of, uh, how do you understand grounding? What is, um, I know that you, you mentioned that, uh, that allows us to feel safe. Um, but how, how does, how does one practice staying grounded? So grounded to me means two things. It means connected to the earth and we pull, you know, the, the, the earth has a magnetic pole and we have a magnetic pole. So the earth the crust of the earth has a north pole and our feet have a south pole. And so we pull energy up from the earth. If our polarities get reversed, if the earth is north as it is and our feet become north, then we kind of repel that energy. And my polarity was often reversed. That's easily checked with energy testing and it's easily corrected. Um, but we want to pull energy up from the earth. So we need to be grounded into the earth, but we also want to be pulling yang energy down from the, the heavens, the sky, the source energy. And that's what grounded is to me. It's not just earthbound. It's connected to the earth, but also connected to source energy. Um, and grounding can can take a lot of different forms. One of the very best ways, easy this time of year in New England, is being barefoot outside on the grass or if you're at the beach, you know, in the sand. Um, you can open your foot gates, um, your, the kind of the, the space between your tendons. You can spoon your feet. It's very easy. You take a stainless steel spoon, stainless steel, not, not like um, plastic or wooden or, or sterling silver or anything. And that literally, you can rub it along the bottom of your feet. Um, and that resets the magnetic polarization of your feet so that you can draw energy up from the earth. Oh, no kidding. Do you have to do yeah. it in a certain direction? Is it from toe to heel or is it just anywhere, anywhere that feels all right? Anywhere. I go, I go, you know, horizontally, vertically. I make figure eights, lots of swirls. Yeah. Feels great, by the way. But it, it really can help with grounding. And again, this is one of those... Uh, habitual kind of patterns that you, the, the more you do something, it's kind of, kind of a cumulative effect. So I'll tell a story where 
uh, this was back when I was starting Eden Energy Medicine. I was working down Springfield Way, and I checked my polarity before I went to work. Um, and I was I was ungrounded, so I spooned my feet, got to work, checked because I could kind of tell. I was ungrounded, so I spooned my feet. I checked my email, ungrounded. After I checked my email, I, I was ungrounded, spooned my feet. So often we have to repeat something over and over and over again, and slowly over time, we rebuild a better pattern of how to ground ourselves. So when I first heard about spooning the feet, this was before I even studied in energy medicine, I did it one time and I thought, oh good, now I'm all set, now I'm grounded, but it doesn't work quite like that. It's not a, a one fix, it's about balancing your energies and our energies switch all the time. If we hear bad news, if we hear about trauma in the world, which of course we're hearing about every single day, our energies are affected moment to moment to moment. So uh, we, I, I want to be and I want my clients that I see to be as responsive as possible to their energies and have agency to use that word use, which I love to be able to affect their own energy fields. And how long do you think that it takes people to really after, you know, kind of repatterning their energy systems? How long do you feel like it takes to stick, you know, until we really are our energetic patterns are, have shifted from from one to something that's a little bit more uh, steady? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of two different questions. Stick is implies a, a permanent solution, which I don't think is necessarily possible. But shifting, um, it depends on how deeply embedded the pattern is. So um, energies crossing over. I tend to be pretty good. I know lots of people who are chronically homolateral, but I was in San Diego just before this kind of pandemic broke, and when I came back. I was uh, homolateral chronically. And so it took me probably a month to get it back so that now I'm now my energies are crossing over all the time. So if someone has a pattern that's been in place for 30 years, it's going to take a long, longer amount of time than if someone, for instance, me just flew back from somewhere and my energies got kind of scrambled to fix that. Hmm. Do, do things like flying or driving or being a roller coaster enthusiast or anything like that do do uh, does motion and, and travel affect our energy systems a lot? Definitely, flying does, and I always when I get to where I'm going, I always spoon my feet. I always have a stainless steel spoon in my bag on the plane, <laughs> uh, and I, even in the airport. But not only can travel throw our energies off, but our energy, our biosphere, you know, our, our aura is literally surrounding us, like a big egg surrounding us, that we're interacting with people and their energy fields all the time. So if we're at a party and everything's lovely and we are just enjoying the people there, then our energy fields are probably going to be really um, balanced and kind of feeding off that. If we're in an airport where there can be a lot of stress and a lot of chaos and a lot of kind of anxiety. Our energy fields, especially for sensitive people, are going to pick up a lot of that kind of stuff. So that's when we, again, want, a, I think, a strong aura to be grounded because we can pick up a lot. So I don't know if it's necessarily just travel, but it's kind of what we interact with along the way. 
Mm, that's really, really interesting. I, I ask that because I find that often people experience really dramatic jet lag and, you know, so more so than just crossing time zones and things like that. And it can take several days to, to recoup and uh, to kind of, you know, feel like themselves again. And um, so I, I was just curious as, as to what your what lens you look through when you're that's, talking about That's that. energy for sure. That's your energy has been impacted you know, and so that's where maybe doing the daily energy routine would be terrific. That's great. Um, well, so can you give, um, we're kind of coming to the top of the hour. Uh, can you give your website? So if people are curious about your work and want to learn a little bit more, um, how, how can they find you? Yes, it's uh, www.johncone.com. So that's J-O-H-N-C-O-A-N.com. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and and sharing about all the, the really interesting work that you're doing in the, the Pioneer Valley. Caroline, it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you in person today. You know what? In the future, you'll be, when we're pandemic-free, you'll be welcome to, to sit down and we'll have another chat again in the future. That'd be really great. Lovely. Um, and so if you're just tuning in, um, we've been chatting with John Cohn today. You're listening to Energy Matters. And if you uh, didn't get a chance to listen to the rest of this episode, you can always go back onto ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. Or if you are a podcast listener, you can go and find the Energy Matters podcast anywhere that you generally download your podcasts. But um, I hope that everyone has a, a great evening and be well.